Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chukas. Parshas Chukas contains, according to the Chinuch, three mitzvos, all dealing with the and related to the Pora Aduma. The Pora Aduma, which is the red heifer, which purified an individual who had become Tomei, ritually impure, by contact with or being under the same roof as a deceased, going to a funeral, being part of the Hebra Kadisha, made a person ritually impure, Tomei Nefesh, and the only way they could rid themselves of this impurity is by being sprinkled upon by a Kohen, minimally three days, and then additionally four days over a period of seven days uh, with the ash and water of the Para Aduma. Now this is clearly the quintessential chok, the law without a reason, namely God did not give us a reason why the Para Aduma has this um, purifying effect and why the Kohen that administers it becomes ritually impure himself. Shlomo HaMelech said, I thought I could understand all of Torah. The laws of the Parah Duma Rechoka Mimeni. I would like to just point out that historically, the way it works out on the calendar this year, today happens to be the 9th of Tammuz. In the year 12. 42. It was June the 17th, corresponding to the uh, 9th of Tammuz. Unfortunately, 24 wagon loads of Talmud were burnt in Paris by the king and uh, urged by the church. And uh, the rabbis made this not only a day of fasting, but of commemoration. And interestingly, because it happened on Erev Shabbos, a Friday, just like this year, the Friday of Erev Shabbos Chukas, that's when it was perpetuated over the years, and not on the 9th of Tammuz. And they saw this coming from the Unculus, the Aramaic translation of the words Zos Chukas HaTorah which are Do Gzeras Oraisa. The literal translation is, this is the decree of the Torah, namely, a law which we can't understand. But the rabbis saw in those words, this is the decree, unfortunately, against the Torah. And really, when you see this, and you see your Shas, your Talmud, on your uh, bookcase, as you uh, see it tonight, tomorrow on Shabbos, just go over and give one of the volumes, open it up, learn a few minutes, give it a kiss, and realize how important uh, this book is, and the special blessing and safeguarding of God of the Jewish people, that Kilo Sishachach Mipizaro, he promised us, at the end of the Torah, in Parshas Vayelech, the Torah would not be forgotten. Another way to look at your Mishnayis, another way to look at your Talmud, the Torah is Baruch Hashem, uh, only 
stronger today, but preserved with incredible hashgacha pratis as found, promised to us in the Torah. I'd like to focus on the end of the parsha, whereby we find uh, in chapter 21, the Torah tells us that because we were not to go, we were denied access through the land of Edom, we go around and we travel away from um, what appears immediate entry into Eretz Yisrael in a roundabout way, and the Torah tells us, ouch, in chapter 21, Pasuk 5, The people complained against God and against Moshe, why did you take us out of Egypt? And remember, this is now literally in the 40th year. We are about to enter. Unbelievable, right? The Torah tells us that in Nisan of the 40th year, in this week's parasha, Miriam dies. In Av, in this week's parasha, Miriam, uh, Aaron dies. And keep in mind, when Miriam dies, the Be'er, the water, stops. That's why the Torah tells us they were short of water. Moshe, unfortunately, hits the rock instead of speaks to the rock. But the rock which had given them water had stopped because Miriam died. And now the clouds that of protection are gone. This reminds us of the Nitziv in his introduction to the book of Bamidbar tells us the book of Bamidbar is a transition from Lamalumanateva, from that which is supernatural to Teva. At the very, very end of the parasha, when we fight against Sichon and Og, we do so literally Alpiteva. We use swords, we use whatever kind of uh, um, armaments were used in those days, but it was an actual war that the people participated therein. So now we are. It looks to the people that we're going away from the land of uh, Israel, and that is correct, but there is a godly plan, and so they are complaining, and they complain against their what? Their special food, their special diet. Now this special diet is still the mun. That is still going on. But the people who are in this transition state, clearly, they want regular food. And so, unfortunately, the Torah tells us that in verse 6, Vayeshalach Hashem Ba'am, God sends the fiery serpents against the people, they bite the people, and many die, and what has happened, they come to Moshe, and they huh, confess, and they say, my goodness, we have sinned, and Moshe Davins, on behalf of the people, Hashem says to Moshe, make yourself a what? Nechash Nechoshes, a fiery serpent, place it on a pole, and whoever has been bitten, looks at it and they will heal. Interesting, the sign of uh, medicine and uh, uh, the advancement of medicine comes from this verse. But now I'd like to just focus why. Why the serpents? Why are they bit by the snakes? So Rashi says two interpretations. Yavon Nachash, let the snake come. Shalaka al hotsoas diba. He was punished back in chapter 3 of Bereshis, because he spoke 
and slandered God by saying, come on, that if you eat from the tree, you'll be like God and you too could be a creator. So he slandered God to Chava. And so therefore, let the serpent who was unfortunate, well, forgive me, who was punished because he spoke badly, let him come and bite those who are now speaking badly again against God. That is the first reason, Rashi says, why did God choose to punish the people with the snakes? Secondly, interestingly, Yavo Nachash, the complaining about the mud. Now, amazing. Let the Nachash come, that to him, to the Nachash, everything that he eats, he might eat, forgive me, um, a strawberry, okay? But guess what? It's going to taste like earth. Whatever he eats tastes like earth. Afar, tastes like uh, dirt, okay? And so therefore, let the serpent, who everything to him has but one taste, and let it literally punish those who are the ingrates, the kafuye tova, because they had something of one food called man, but yet this man tasted like anything and everything uh, that you'd want. Now you and I who never tasted man, you'd say, how could they? But you see from here that unbelievable, the grass is always greener. And forgive me, the rabbis tell us, tell us about the man. So the man was absorbed, it came from a holy source, it came from on high, it was absorbed within their body, and there was no excretion of anything that they digested from the man. And this too bothered them that they were not like other people. Therefore comes the Akedas Yitzchak. And the Akedas Yitzchak said, it's a midok and egen midok. It's a measure for a measure. You asked for it, you got it. What does that mean? You want it to be like every other people, you'll be like every other people. And therefore, watch. It does not say and open the chumash, bring it out. This is chapter 21, verse 6. It does not say Vayishlach Hashem Ba'am. If the Balkore in your synagogue is going to say tomorrow Vayishlach and God sent the snakes, you have to correct him. It's Vayishalach. What's the difference between Vayishlach or Vayishalach? Says Rav Hirsch in his commentary, explain our rabbis, Vayishlach is active to literally take something and extend it and do it. As if to say, I have snakes and now I'm going to seek the snakes on. Vayeshalach means passive, simply to avoid your holding back and they're going to go by themselves. Explain Rav Hirsch and others. Vayeshalach Hashem Ba'am means Hashem during these 40 years that they've been in the desert, he has held back the snakes. If you turn to chapter 8, Pasuk 15, in Devarim, it says explicitly that Hashem has led you through the great and awesome wilderness of snake, fiery serpent, and scorpion. He has been holding them back all the years. Now that you want to go from the malam and teva, from the supernatural to, to teva, to natural, then this is what you get, and therefore fend for yourself against the snakes. The idea that's being presented here is as follows. The Gemara 
and those who are doing dafyomi. It was not that long ago. The Gemara in Bavakama, 16a, at the very bottom line, has a very interesting point. And the Gemara says as follows, Shidro shall Adam, the spine of a man, after he, she dies. La'achar sheva shanim, after seven years, nasen nochash, the spine becomes a snake, the Hani Mili when to Lokora Bimodim, when and if that individual did not bow in his lifetime, what? For Modim. Modim is the prayer at the end of every Shemona Esrei, the third section of Hoda'ah. We give thanksgiving to God and we say, Thank you, God. We say, Thank you, God, for the miracles that you have extended for us every single day. Again, every single day. Now, the idea is too often we don't realize the miracles. And so if we are, God forbid, Kafu and for that great distance of time, for seven years, then as the Nachash, who was Kafuitov, as the Nachash, who is the symbol of the ingrate, so too it happens to those individuals who were not sufficiently grateful. What a powerful idea! I believe this is, namely, that we think that the book of Bamidbar is purely history, what happened in the desert. No, I really believe that that Nitziv, and take a look at his introduction, this transition from Lamalam and Ateva to Teva, yes, we, go, we went into the land of Israel, and yes, as the Gemara tells us in Brachos 35b, in the time of plowing we have to plow, in the time of reaping we have to pre-reap, yes, there's no question that we act in accordance with the natural order of things, but the Jew has to realize that while we are going and living in Teva, God acts with us, God is always protecting us and watching us in a supernatural way. And interestingly, in the shortest chapter in all of Tanakh, which is part of the Hallel, so what does the Jew say? Hallelujah, Hashem, Kogoyim. In the future, all nations of the world the non-Jewish nations are going to give praise to God. What are they going to give praise to God for? Because, the idea behind this is as follows. We don't know the plans, and we don't know of the terrible desires of so many of peoples in the world who constantly want to harm us and to get us off our proper path and leading to, please God, the coming of Moshiach. God is the one who knows of their plans. Hashem is the one who thwarts and literally disrails so many, Baruch Hashem, of their negative intentions. And therefore, we're not going to say Tachanun on Shabbos, but Sunday morning, when you say in the Tachanun, Shomer Yisrael, literally the guardian of Israel, Shmor She'eris Yisrael, we beseech you to continue your ongoing protection of literally the um, She'eris Yisrael, those who are uh, the remnant of the unique people how privileged we are to feel, how privileged we are to be, that we are the living remnant of that people. And as we began, 
go kiss and take a look at that Mishnah and at that volume of Talmud that you have in the house or you're going to buy in the house because Kizeh Kol Ho'adam for us this is what has maintained us and please God will maintain us till that very great day of the coming of Moshiach Shabbat Shalom to all